1: You're listening to episode 70 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk all about tapering. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got the Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational. And let the Marathon Running Podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond. Hey runners and welcome to episode 70. We want to welcome everybody back that has been listening to our podcast and also welcome everybody that is new to our podcast. We're Ryan and Letty and we have a weekly podcast where we talk about topics, all things running, marathons, nutrition, etc. You name it. So welcome. Hey, Letty. Hey, Ryan. How's it going?
2: Pretty good. You getting excited for your race?
1: Yes, very much next week. And that with this note, I want to give a big shout out to all my fellow marathoners and say, we did it. We completed our training and now we're in the taper phase. So that applies to you if you're running Berlin or London. And I guess it almost applies to all the runners that are going to do Chicago and Boston.
2: So if you're tapering, do you feel ready for your race?
1: Well, I guess that's what we're going to be talking about today. So I mean, I'm kind of not on the right path to the tapering because I've been dealing with a little bit of a foot injury that's been creeping up for the last month, kind of an overuse injury. I guess that's what you called it. So obviously, I'm still going to make it to the starting line. But like I said, don't follow my
2: advice. Overuse for a lack of a better term, because we don't really know. I mean, I guess you didn't have a specific injury and we don't really know exactly what's going on. So
1: (laughs) I'm using your terminology here. Yeah. Your guesstimation. But hopefully by the time I come back from Germany, you can, uh, maybe do a scan of my foot and tell me what's going on.
2: I think there's a good chance you may have like stress changes or so in the joint because you did, I think you fractured that one in the past, right? So.
1: Yeah. So anyway, for everyone running Berlin, I just wanted to wish you guys luck and also let you know that we've been organizing an after party get together. And that's going to be at the oldest and most beautiful Biergarten Biergarten, on Sunday,
2: starting 2 p.m. Is it actually the oldest? Do you know that for a fact?
1: Yes. I mean, that's what they claim on their website. So I'm just going to go with it. Yeah. And it's pretty beautiful. It was recommended to me by one of the people organizing the Berlin Marathon, since the Berlin Marathon does not have an official after party. So this person I met on Facebook And I decided to organize our own party and spread the word about it. And right now we have about 300 people interested in coming. So join us. Say hi. We'll be there starting 2 p.m. As I said, the question was, how long will we be there for? And if anyone knows German culture, when you go to a beer garden, you usually spend the whole afternoon slash evening there. And given that we ran marathons, I highly doubt that we'll be hobbling away off to somewhere else.
2: What's the capacity of the beer garden?
1: So I think it's about 600 plus people. It's pretty
2: large. Oh, it is big. Yeah. You had a bunch of people say interested, which I don't remember people actually show up, but say, if you had like a thousand people interested, (laughs) you might get into trouble.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, it was, there's a lot of people traveling solo, including myself, you know, you decided not to come along mostly because we have kids that are at an age that can't get vaccinated. So that obviously would make the travel plans kind of non-existent because you'd have to sit in the hotel quarantine with them because they're so young we can't leave them so and it seems like there's a lot of other people that waited with this trip for last minute and are coming by themselves so what better thing to do than meeting more runners and having some fun with this
2: yeah i think it'd be cool if there you know a lot of people would decide to show up that'd be kind of neat yeah i you know i do wish that we could go too it sounds fun but like you said i think it's not worth it so, if the race is getting close, you know, and that's why you're talking about tapering, are you getting excited?
1: I'm getting very excited for the race. Yeah. Um, I was
2: saying excited for tapering.
1: Oh, well, I'm in the taper. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sounds like a Stephen King novel or something. <laughs> so, the tapering.
1: I'm in the tapering, right? And I'm glad that you're saying that you didn't know this because there are some things that happen while you taper. So they say that people that taper are more grouchy, depressed. They act more tired and exhausted and are complaining about injuries.
2: Um, no comment. I plead the fifth. This is like a lose lose question for me.
1: <laughs> Honestly.
2: Um, no, you were kind of a little grouchy at the beginning. You are complaining about injuries. And what was the other one? Are you hungry?
1: Hungry? Tired? Exhausted? I don't know if you've
2: been hungrier than usual. I oh, noticed yeah. That. <laughs> I've been eating like a pig. <laughs> uh, I haven't noticed that part.
1: But yeah, so um those are symptoms, or I guess, things that you notice in people that are tapering. And this is what we're going to be talking about with a special guest, Olympic coach Gail Bernard. So tapering, first of all, what is tapering? Tapering refers to the practice of reducing exercise before an important competition, and is very customary in endurance events such as swimming and running. And why is that? Because I guess in order to increase your VO2 max and your anaerobic threshold, that's what you do. Um, they also say that a side effect of tapering, which, you know, means cutting back that mileage and intensity is that you have more glycogen in your leg muscles. Um, your density of red blood cells is shown to be greater and, and some other things. So whatever we do when we taper, those are side effects. And I guess that's why. That works. But you are obviously a medical doctor. Maybe you can talk about the physiology of why decreasing your training load works.
2: You know, as you're training, you're increasing your body's ability to cope with all that stuff. Um, and like with anything, you know, your body compensates. Now, if you taper, it probably gives parts of your body a chance to heal Whereas a lot of the other parts, you know, have still have that higher ability from all the training. So maybe the combination of those two gives you better performance. I don't know. Because like, for instance, if you can coast, like you say, essentially taper, you kind of coast for a little bit, you're not going to lose a lot of your ability probably, but you're going to allow your body to heal some of those chronic injuries. That's the way I see it.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure that it's not something super easy, and that's why they probably have whole courses or, you know, hour-long courses in biochemistry, biology, physiology, all those, because it's not that simple.
2: (laughs) That's, I think, the truth with most things. Everyone wants a simple answer, and in reality, a lot of things are more complex. People over time figure out what, what works by trying it before they understand exactly why it works.
1: Right. And we probably would have better answers for you, but Ryan just got off work and he had no idea what the topic of today's podcast would be. So <laughs> this true. is his answer without any research. So I'm pretty pretty happy with that. But, is it? Yeah. All right. So we're gonna hop into our conversation with Gail Bernard. All right, so I'm here with Gail Bernard. Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: Of course. Could you perhaps start by introducing yourselves to our listeners, tell us who you are, what you do, and how you are kind of an expert in this whole topic of tapering that we're going to talk about?
0: Absolutely. I've been an endurance coach uh, since the late 80s. Uh, I started, uh, my primary sport was swimming. So I, I started teaching swimming and coaching swimming before even that. And then I got into the sport of triathlon and and started coaching triathletes before there was really the system that we have in the U.S. and internationally now to help train coaches. And one thing led to another, and I uh, was able to help the USA and actually World Triathlon, uh, which used to be called International Triathlon Union develop their coaching education platforms. And also I was selected by USA triathlon to be the men's and women's uh, Olympic and Pan Am games coach for both teams in 2003 Pan Am games and 2004 for the Olympics. This only the second time triathlon was in the Olympics and i've uh, continued to remain active in the sport in both the federations and in coaching because it's just fun to help people succeed.
1: Right, i can see how rewarding that would be especially going to an event like the olympics with them.
0: Yes, absolutely. Coaching athletes is more than just dispensing training plans if you work with them in a personal relationship. The success or failure of an athlete often comes down to the thought processes that they have, their self-talk and what they decide they can and cannot do. And so I would say most coaches who do any kind of contact training or personal training will be on the doorstep of, of psychology or mental training, helping athletes succeed mentally in addition to physically.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, we wanted to bring you on to our show today because we are starting with all the fall marathons, starting with Berlin, London, Chicago, Boston. And so A lot of us runners are now in the last few weeks of our training, and then we'll be going into our taper phase. So maybe you can help the new runners that don't know what that means, understand what tapering is and why do we need to do that?
0: Great questions. People have spent the last uh, at least probably 12 weeks and maybe even six months or a year Heading into these fall marathons, especially in this time of COVID, people have had events canceled and then they've had to regroup and start training again. So, heading into this fall, it's been quite a buildup of training and trying to stay healthy in order to go to an event. And some people just want to attend the event and run. Others want a personal best performance. And then others want to maybe aim for a podium spot. Boiled down in all cases, people want to go to the event and feel good and have a great result, whether that's simply finishing or aiming for a faster time. So what happens in the in a tapering process is there's a time period of reducing volume of the highest week of training and keeping some intensity in the training so that your legs feel fresh and don't feel uh, heavy or like cement when you line up to run the event. So volume tapers, some intensity remains in the plan. And what happens if you don't taper volume, then you go into the event feeling tired and you're not able to produce your your best result, no matter what your goal is.
1: All right. That's a really good and in-depth explanation. Very Thank you very much for that. So basically you're telling us it's a wind down period that allows our bodies to somewhat recover and get ready for the
0: big event correct without losing fitness and i think it's that part of the taper process is for people to trust the concept that when you reduce volume of training and keep some intensity in there that you're not going to lose all your fitness and be unable to complete the event on race day.
1: Correct. Yeah, that's um, the worry. And with that, given that we were talking about being worried, let's talk about the different psychological stages that a runner may go through during this period of taper, what is it that you see primarily in uh, runners and other athletes that happens when we go from having a full training load that we struggle with to a few weeks of
0: very little? Absolutely. That, that's a great question. And oftentimes their family notices or, or family or friends notice these initial differences even before uh, the runner mentions them to me, and that is that they feel grumpy or, or sad, maybe a little bit depressed. And they may even feel more tired than when they were training big volume weeks. And so they, they start to doubt the resting process and wonder if they wouldn't have a better race day if they weren't back up training those, the big numbers that they were training heading into this period.
1: Yeah, that's completely relatable to me because right now I entered my final stage, the two week taper before the Berlin marathon, and I feel exhausted and tired and not so great. And I also feel injuries in my foot that before I didn't really feel as much. So what's what happens to our... What happens to us psychologically that this happens
0: well the, sadly there has not been any research that I'm aware of that looks at the, the mental aspect of what's going on during this tapering process. But what we what we can look at is why people benefit. Mentally, when they begin exercise programs or maintain exercise programs and some of that has to do with the production of endorphins that make a, that give us that runner's high feeling and those are it's a chemical reaction in our body that our body produces these endorphins and we feel good, we feel better. So we can take the reverse of that and say, if you're used to getting these loads of endorphins as a runner, and now we start to dial those back and take them away from you for lack of a better description, you might start to feel a withdrawal symptom for a lack of better phrase that you're used to that, feeling high euphoria, and now that's being taken away from you some, so it can lead to you not feeling as good as what I suspect, and you're just used to, your whole life has been structured around gearing towards this event, and so your days are structured, your meals are structured, and now that's, some of that is disappearing, and you find yourself with a little bit of extra time. And am I doing, it it also allows your mind to start messing with you. Am I doing things right? Should I be doing something different? And, and so that certainly having a coach helps, but the athlete also needs to become their own head coach and, and stop some of these thoughts in their tracks and say, Hey, wait a minute. Is this is this really what's going on and why am I feeling this way and isn't this normal and it will pass and I'm, I'm doing all of this tapering and recovering so that come race day, I can have a good event. And it's hard, it's hard to do that. I'm, I I don't want to say this is easy, but it, it takes some self-coaching and even support from, groups of runners and a podcast like yours to help help runners know that this is, it's normal, it's okay, and expect this to happen so that you can have a good performance.
1: Right. And that seems to be key that, you know, with running so much of it is mental. And so thank you for letting us know that, you know, obviously the first step would be recognizing that we're all in the same boat and all experiencing the same and maybe work through it mentally. Um, But uh, what are some other recommendations that you could or would give your athletes when we are feeling grumpy, hungry, injured Exhausted, depressed, what are some other ways of working through this first phase of tapering, the phase that involves all these sentiments?
0: Well, I think that the injury thing is probably most concerning to people because suddenly out of nowhere comes this hurt knee or hurt foot that wasn't bothering you a week ago when you were running this big mileage. And now, oh my gosh here's here's this thing going on and what is it? Do I need to go to the doctor? And certainly people have to distinguish between uncomfortable and a little stiff and a, a pain that alters your gait. Most of the time in my experience, it's something that is just appearing at the end of a big training load and usually can be knocked back with some rest and recovery, and some people may need massage, or acupuncture, or another modality to help them uh, continue to improve. But just just making the call to go see a professional and say, okay, whether it's your massage therapist or your athletic trainer, someone who can help put your mind at ease to say, hey, no, this is you know, this is just a tight tendon, or this is just a, a knot in a muscle that can be worked out with a little massage or a little acupuncture. And even massage and acupuncture can help people relax and, uh, I guess, make the best of the the taper time. It gives you a little bit more time for the self care that you may not have had during the the big training load process so that you can unwind and relax a little bit.
1: Right. So engaging in things that could make us feel better would definitely help even if it's a mental placebo, so to speak.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, other runners can help or hurt. You have to pick your friends wisely in that you can share like oh i'm going through this and how about you and yes and what did you do to help it and those kind of relationships can help both of you get to the start line with the right amount of butterflies in your stomach and and i say that because people that go to the to the start line feeling nothing feeling flat feeling unmotivated It will be very hard for those people to have their personal best performance. But people that go to the start line with just the right amount of butterflies flying around in their stomach, that's excitement. That's looking forward to to having this experience that should be fun, it should be challenging, and wow, isn't this great. So you look for people that can help you have the right amount of butterflies, and honestly, try to avoid the people that make you feel scared or un- unsure of yourself. You just don't—you don't need to be around those people, probably ever, but certainly at this time, heading into your your important race.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say that makes sense for a general rule of thumb in life to surround yourself by people that lift you up, not just running. But um, what would you say to a person who? Besides all the grouchy grumpiness, experiences self doubt. Say so your training cycle went well, but for some reason, once you decrease your mileage, you have doubts in your training and that you can actually run your best race when the time
0: comes. Well, I would say there's a load of research that will tell you that tapering works, that reducing training volume going into a race is it absolutely works. It works for Olympians. It works for professional road racers. It works for uh, the weekend warriors. The tapering process works. So the first thing you have to sell yourself on is, look, this, this tapering process works if I'm willing to do it. If, if you can't sell yourself on that, idea, then it's it's going to be very hard for you to do it correctly, but for the sciency people out there they can you can go look up research on the taper process and there's loads of research that says reducing volume and keeping intensity helps you produce your best result. Um, yeah and and short of that. Just being willing to give up a little bit of training volume now so you can just feel really great on race day is worth it. And if you've never had that experience before, it's hard to sell you the first time. But the runners who have done it over and over again, who've had the taper process work, they know what it feels like to go into a race and just feel really good, honestly if you're doing half marathon or a marathon it usually takes a few miles in the beginning before you feel good but then oh my gosh that that great feeling of of like oh i i've done everything right my running feels good my form feels good my, i have lots of energy isn't this a great experience so i think the beginners have to be willing to gamble on that feeling their first time experiencing this. But the runners who've been around for a while can think back to their history and know that they've had times in their running history where they have done a good training plan, they've tapered volume and they've got into the event and oh my gosh, it, it just, it feels so good to be able to trust your body to have the performance that you're personally capable of. It's just, it's a magical thing. I think.
1: You said that very beautifully. You know, I'm excited for uh, <laughs> my own upcoming race, but um, in all seriousness, so how many days do you think prior to the race is it that the athlete has gone through that stage of doubt and grouchiness and starts feeling better?
0: How, well, well, let me ask you, let, how, many, how many days or how many weeks have you tapered? I actually month?
1: just started my taper.
0: Okay. And so it will be how much in total? How many weeks? About two weeks. About two weeks. Okay. So I would say for people that are tapering two or three weeks, the first 10 to 14 days, honestly, just doesn't feel very good. It feels worrisome and and um, not great. I would say then for the people that taper longer, maybe around the, the 10 day frame and probably for you around that seven to five day mark because you're taking a pretty short taper, five to seven days, you'll finally start to feel better, but you'll have a little bit of, travel mixed in there so and time changes so that complicates things a little bit more but for you I would say best guess is three to five days before which seems like not enough because you're right on the doorstep of the event but you just trust it right you've you've done this before so yeah you you know it feels good to be rested going into an event
1: Yes, absolutely. And um, like you said, if you are harboring any injuries, it's kind of nice to have that time off your feet because a lot of us train really hard and then overuse injuries are on the verge of creeping up. So that probably makes our body feel a little bit better even.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: So I wanted to ask you about one last thing. I read your article on active.com where you talk about the tapering blues and you were talking about fear-based training um, that kind of stuck out to me. So I wanted to see if you could explain to our listeners what that is and what it means.
0: Absolutely. This is uh, this happens across all sports uh, for sure. I think to me, I think running, it's more uh, concerning just because running is a hard sport. There's a lot of pounding associated with it. And uh, I think the, the recovery prior to a big event, like a half marathon or marathon is, is really critical. But what happens is if let's say people are tapering three weeks and about a week into it, they start to, to panic and, and feel like, uh Oh, I've stopped training too soon. And they start to get scared. So rather than trusting the training plan that they're following or their coach's advice, they out of fear go out for that one last long run or go out and decide to usually this doesn't happen in marathon but i've seen people do it in half marathons within 5 days before the event or 7 they go out and decide to run the course to see if they can do it and and that behavior is based is driven by fear that they won't be able to make it on race day, they go do that. And of course they were able to make it and then come race day a short time later, when the actual event comes, they go into the event with tiredness and fatigue because they just ran the darn event five days ago or whatever the number is. So rather than trusting the process and the program, they allow fear which is false expectations appearing real that they won't be able to make it. They allow fear to take over and then they do this silly thing and, and ruin their event day.
1: Wow. That sounds uh, kind of sad, right? Especially given how much time we pour into our training and just to have it ruined by our own minds and insecurities is a, is a bit crazy it helps to have a good running coach on your side
0: no matter whether people are following a written plan or they're they're working with a coach in a group or or one on one it doesn't matter they have to trust that the coach wants them to succeed we we want you to succeed we want you to have your best day and so we do this taper process so that you will succeed and you have to Trust that we have your best interests in mind and and take that leap of faith that we're we're here we're here to help you and we we want you to win. Whatever winning means to you, whether that's a personal best or your your first marathon or a podium performance, we're in your corner. So trust us to help you.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's that's some really good information, good advice. And I wanna thank you for talking to us about all this, is there anything else that you would like for our listeners that are in the situation of tapering or having upcoming taper to know that could help them with their success of their race?
0: You know, the last thing I would say is just have fun. I mean, it's such a privilege to have good health and be able to do these things. Go out and, and have a good time and take some pressure off yourself for performance, no matter what that might be, go out and have a good time and, and the performance will follow. If you're having a good time, the performance will follow.
1: Perfect. So everyone heard it. That was Gail Bernhardt. And thank you so much for coming on with um, all your advice. If people want to follow you on either social media or have more questions, is there a way to
0: contact you? Absolutely. They can uh, go to probably the easiest thing is to go to my website, which is uh, gailburnhart.com. And uh, there are links on there to Facebook and and Twitter and Instagram.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much, Gail. Thank you, Letty. All right. Thank you, Gail, so much for coming on. And I hope that you guys enjoyed this information that we were able to get from the expert. And with that said, we're actually pre-recording next week's episode, which is going to be all about how to make it through race day. And that episode will come out the day after the Berlin Marathon. So it's something we're going to have to pre-record. I guess I'm going to be out of town. So good luck to all runners having marathons coming up, whether you're running Berlin next week, London the week after, or Chicago, Boston, or any of the other marathons in the country. Good luck, and I hope you have a great race. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us. And as always, have a great week of running.